Hello everyone and welcome to the CEO Journals podcast. For those of you that are new here, I am your host Ethan Bridge and I just want to start off by saying thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. Now, let me introduce this week's guest on the podcast, Anthony Trucks. Anthony started his life in foster care where he had 20 life-shattering shifts. These shifts started as early as three years old when he and his three siblings entered foster care. Anthony endured beatings, starvation and forms of torture all before the age of just six. I think it's safe to say he wasn't dealt the easiest hand in life. Fortunately, after years of misfortune, he was placed into a home where he would eventually be adopted as the sole black person in a poor but loving all-white family eight years later. Anthony's life has been riddled with misfortune, even three decades later. For most, these issues would leave them broken. However, for Anthony, it was the opposite. He's been able to fight through his troubles and emerge from the other side more successful every time. Anthony played college football for the University of Oregon and then played in the NFL for the Bucks, Redskins and Steelers. After his career-ending injury playing for the Steelers, he started his own company where he now helps people design and build better lives in the area of business, fitness and overall personal development. During this episode, we discuss Anthony's journey to the NFL and how he then managed to transition into an incredibly successful entrepreneur despite the initial early troubles when he had little idea as to how to run a business. I cannot wait for you all to hear what Anthony has to say. So without any further ado, let's dive straight into today's episode. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to CEO Journals. I am super excited for today's episode because we have Anthony Trucks on the show. Anthony, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on. It's an absolute pleasure to have you and obviously I can't wait to find out about you today talk to you about your journey and your how you transitioned into entrepreneurship from American football but for those who don't know who you are would you mind just giving us a quick 60 second introduction of who you are and what you do please yeah. so my name is Anthony Trucks I'm a former NFL athlete uh, American Ninja Warrior on NBC if that's where you hang on different stuff and do things on TV uh, man I'm a coach by trade speaker author father husband I have a company called Identity Shift. We focus on helping people master the mental game so they can uh, upgrade how they operate to level up their life and business. Uh, we have a blast doing it. It's rooted in identity, but it's it's taken, taking things back to the core of who you are as a human and get you to kind of operate at a level of autopilot that creates. So I tell people the goals help you make success your second nature. Awesome. I cannot wait to dive into it. And being a huge sports fan myself, I love it when I get the opportunity to talk to someone or an athlete that's literally been at the top of their game in a realm that I love. I love sports. I've always loved sports. So I cannot wait to talk, about, talk to you about your journey because not everyone gets the chance to talk to a professional athlete in their, with it, in their evening. So I am yeah. thankful to do so. So happy to be here. Man. Awesome. And so the way I normally start all my podcast episodes is sort of by throwing it back with my guests and asking them about their time at school. But with you, I'd like to change it up a little bit because I'd like to go way back because I've heard you on podcasts before and I know you weren't dealt the easiest hand in life. And, but you've managed to obviously do extremely well for yourself. So just to give it a bit of background on yourself, I'd love you to start from the day you went into foster care. Yeah, man. Um, most definitely. So I went into foster care uh, at three years old. You know, mom gave me and my siblings away. We didn't matter enough to her. So we kind of went to the system that really was, uh, it's called a paycheck system. As long as I don't die, they get a paycheck. And they damn near like killed me. There's some people that tortured and beat and starved me, some heinous stuff. Bounced around that little you know realm of house to house uh, for about three years. Six years old, landed in a family that's still my family now. Wasn't adopted until I was 14, though. But at six years old, I got put in this poor all-white family, only black person in all-white family. So we had a lot of weird you know, dynamics over the years. My real mom caused half the whole time. Eventually got adopted. At 14, I got a chance to go play football for the first time, American football. It was horrible at it in the beginning, but figured it out. Uh, my adoptive mom got diagnosed with MS, which was really difficult. And I kind of like got to this point of wanting to give up. I figured it out. I mean, 15 years old, I had this really weird like awakening and some, some things that kind of snapped me out of it. And I didn't want to be that statistic of foster kids that do poorly. Like if you look at any prison in America, 75% of inmates are former foster kids. 
Like we're not set to do very well. It's a lot like 50% of the homeless population in America is former foster kids. So I, I decided I'm going to be great. Figured out in football, man, I got real good. Got to the point where I got a, a college scholarship. You guys call it uni. We call it college. So I got a chance to go off to university on, on a scholarship. They paid for it for me to play football. And man, I just, I had my first son at 20 years old, which isn't the normal thing. My high school sweetheart. Uh, you know, I, I found my real dad who I didn't know existed. And I got to meet him for the first time. My first collegiate start, national television, got a game ball. The one that's behind my head right here. Like that day was a really unique day. Uh, progressed on after college was done. Got a chance to play in the NFL. Play for the Buccaneers, the Redskins, and the Steelers. NFL stands for not for long. So you get in, <laughs> you get out. Uh, hurt my shoulder my third year. And then I came home, man. I had to figure out who was Anthony. Lost my identity. Major crisis. And I'd already navigated a bunch of identity aspects. So now I'm in this gym business trying to find a way to be, you know, feel good about myself again. And man, I neglected my wife. We had two more kids. Neglect, you know, our kids. And the gym's falling apart. And like everything was gone. Lost my marriage. Lost my family. Lost, you know, almost lost the gym business, but didn't like the gym business. Lost my health. Football's gone. Um, one point, man, wanted to just like end it all. Snapped out of it and started climbing out of the hole. Started mm. finding ways to, to be better as a human, to be a better dad, be a better business owner. Lost my mom in 2014. It was a really powerful shift for me into like, I got to be a better guy. Like, not that I was a bad guy, but I wasn't reaching my full potential. And for her, like, she couldn't physically achieve her potential. So for me, it's like, I'm going to do it for her. And I'm going to do it by loving on the world the way she did. Like, she unconditionally loved this little bad kid. And so I was like, I'm going to do that for the world, man. So now I get to go out and uh, insert people in understanding who they are at their core and it's identity. Like, where most people might say mindset, like mindset has a master, and that is identity. And when you understand how that works, the mindset becomes easy. And the idea is to look at all the things that we typically look at and get overwhelmed with, but we know that if we can do them, we'll be successful. When you can do those things like it's like your typical Tuesday, it's easy. Success becomes your second nature. Like it just becomes normal to just do these things that everybody else looks at you and goes, how do you do it all? Like, oh, just who I am, right? When you get to that level, now you succeed. And so for me, that became this weird trait of mine that I could just do. And I started helping people like coach through it. And so now I have clients that work through that mentality, but then people also are like, man, I want to be a speaker like you. Cause I transitioned to be able to speak and coach and six figure business owner and, and fitness and seven figure coach and consult. And now I run with a really cool crowd of people and I write books and all that fun stuff you see on, on Instagram. that looks great. Still just a regular guy though. I'm like a dad that have kids, you know, it's just my normal <laughs> life. But the thing was, people like, man, I want to have that freedom that life you have. And so for me, go from what I went through to here, the biggest thing was coaching. Always had coaches in sports, always had coaches in life, business coaches, like a whole bunch of everything. That's the same cup I have. Is it the Whoa. same cup? It's close oh to my. Oh, it will do. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. I, I love these cups. Um, but man, I figured it out. And then I got to the point where I was like, you know what? The, the things that I do for people, other people want to do also. So now I, I take my story of what I do and I have a business around it where I coach people through it. And then kind of like a plug-in is I teach people how to do the same thing. Because what I realized is in order for me to have this person make this transformational shift, I got to give you actions that put you in a position to feel stressed and to feel like this is difficult and then get you through it. And now you get to have that, oh, great, I feel better, right? So yeah. why not have those actions be the actions that help you build a business? So that's what I do. Awesome. There's a lot there. And I, I, there's certain bits that I definitely heard and I really want to pick up on. Um, first one, you said at 15, there was sort of like an awakening moment for you that you sort of realized that you needed to pick yourself up. You needed to find yeah. yourself to do something. What was that? Was there anything that did stand out that made you realize? And then, you, yeah. just... you know, when we're young. I was 15, man. I'm 15. I'm not worried about what's going on. I mean, at, at 20, I wasn't. I was at a kid and I didn't know what I was doing right. But at 15, I had this moment where I checked out. I was like, I'm done with all this. Like, seriously, I, my mom's sick. So my, my family's focused on her. My older brother's off in the military. And I was one of six kids in that family. Still am one of six kids, obviously. And we weren't like the family to like go to school. I'm the only one of all six of us kids to even graduate from the high school without a continuation or GED. Only one to get a college degree. I'm the foster kid, you know? So we're not supposed to like do well in my family either. And man, like I, I checked out football, the thing I tried, I sucked at. And a lot of us, we try something new and we realize we suck at it. And that comes with an emotional pain, like embarrassment sometimes. So what do we not want to do that again? <laughs> like I don't want to do that again. So I was like, I'm done with football. I don't want to do this. 
and I'm sitting in an, an English class, Mr. Howell's English class. We call it English. I'm sure you guys just call it class because you're already English. You, know, you see that joke right there? No. Uh, we do call it English. Class. Yeah, see? Oh, okay, good. Okay, I'm just messing with you, man. I'm making dumb jokes. Yeah. Bear with me. So we get to this point, I'm in class, and there's this two girls sitting next to me, and they have no idea that I'm listening to them talk, but one girl says the other girl something that was a really unique statement that was a very powerful gift and I'll tell you why it was a gift in a second. What she says is, well, the reason I'm so bad is because I'm in foster care. And for the regular person, it's like, oh, that's not a big deal. Some people say, what's the power in that? But then I got to hear my excuse for giving up out loud. Mm-hmm. And it sounded stupid. Most people don't get the gift of hearing their excuse out. Like, I'm not going to go to the gym today. Why? Because um, my shoes, I can't find my, my workout shoes. Well, that'd be a dumb excuse, but in your head, just what you think, like, oh, I can't find my shoes. I'm, I don't like doing this right now. But, right? So for me, I got to hear this excuse and it just sat funny with me. I was like, I don't, I don't want that to be the excuses of why I'm a bad human or a bad dad or I'm in jail. And so I just, I had that moment that woke me up. And I was like, I'm going to be great. And football was this thing that I wanted to be great at. I was going to endure the embarrassment, the hardship and figure out what are the great athletes do so I can be a great athlete. And that was the start of a process to figure out, like at least sports-wise, how to become way better at sports when I'm not very good at all. So when did you realize then that American football could be, like you had the possibility to become pro? Because, I mean, I know at 15, I thought I was amazing at every single sport I played. I'd like to tell myself that I could have been professional at pretty much everything yeah. I picked up. I'm nowhere near as good as I thought mm-hmm. I was. But you were good enough to make a professional because you did. When, when did you first realize I, I actually genuinely have a chance at this? My junior year of college or university, like two years before I got into the NFL. Because when you're, when you're in high school, like I honestly had no aspirations of, of, college, of, high, of uh, sorry, professional football when I was a young kid. Mm-hmm. I think there's one thing where I was like, I'm going to go pro like when I was like, like in, in high school. But like I didn't really believe it. It was like this, uh, we'll see if that happens. Because the numbers are so small to make it. That's to the what NFL. I mean. They're mm-hmm. just ridiculous. There's no, there's nothing that would make you think like that's possible because there's nothing. So I'm sitting here just going through the situation. I get to like my junior year and I, I start figuring things out. And to be honest, like I was kind of okay. It really wasn't until my senior year. My senior year, I started balling. I led my conference in uh, like a lot of different categories, like four or five sacks, tax for loss, force fumbles, fumbles recovered, like big categories for um for sport and all of a sudden people are like who is this guy where did he come from he used to play for our professional football team and that was it but prior to that it was just like take care of school take care of my fiance and my son you know have fun playing sports but it wasn't this thing where i was like i'm gonna do that i've always had this this tick of once i'm in a certain position i'm like what's that next level I didn't even think about the next level till it became like it was, I, I had to face it. My, my last year of college, I better see what's next. And I was like, oh, NFL, let's go try that. That's what I went after. So who, who noticed you then? Did, who, did someone come to one of your practice sessions or did, did something just miracle happen that no. just put you, put you with the chance and, to actually end up playing? Yeah, professional football, they have a bunch of scouts. And so what they do is like they just watch your film. Numbers show up. There's you know, my games are televised across the country and across the world sometimes. So people can see me. I'm I'm playing at a division one, like a high level. I think we ended up finishing number like six or seven or something in the country that year. I want to say like we were a decent team. And so for me, I had those eyes. But what it ended up being was you go to like this thing called the NFL Combine. So they watch, yeah. they bring like a certain group of people in to come run. So I went to that. And you just start showing up places. They start watching game film. And that's kind of how it works in the scouting departments. Their job is to find out what's the best talent available right now. So I just was on a bunch of talent lists. And then when it came time, my name got called. So your first professional game then, how did that feel? Knowing that you were this foster kid who was basically this statistic not meant to do well. Walking out onto the field that first game, how did that actually feel to you, knowing that you had actually made something of yourself, even though you weren't supposed to? Yeah, you know what? It didn't, uh, it's odd. It didn't set in until my last game of, of my career. Last it's game? It's weird. The la- it's odd, right? Because the whole yeah. time, yeah, I think it's a tornado. It's just a bunch of, you're flying in, I'm having them on the playbook, and I got the workout, my family's not here, and it's just a tornado of stuff. And, uh, and you don't feel like when you're in that level, you don't have the security of like, I'm on this team. There's, there's no guarantee. The NFL is very, very 
unstable. It's, it's, it's seriously a weird environment. It's difficult. So I never had that, that feeling of like, oh, I've, I've arrived. Like it didn't happen. But oddly, I remember my last game playing with the Pittsburgh Steelers, walking out of the tunnel and just stopping. Because it was like the Steelers, are, they're a damn good team, man. Like they're, they're ballers. They won the Super Bowl the, my last year there. Like I got hurt and they went on to win a Super Bowl. But like you just walk out like I'm really about to step on this field wearing this helmet. Like I'm not supposed to be here. There's no yeah. statistic in the world you could look up that would be like, oh, yeah, he should be in this field right now. None. And that was, that was when it kind of settled with me. It's like, wow. And there ended up being my last game. It's super weird that that happened. Like it, that's how it happens though, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you, you have this realization all of a sudden life changes on you quick. See, I've, I've, as I mentioned before we started, I've had a couple of people on the book. So I've had, I've had top sports um, strength and conditioning coaches, someone who mm-hmm. was top strength and conditioning coach for the New York Yankees. And I've had an Olympic gold medalist on the show. And now you're a professional football player. And Something that I know you mentioned it earlier, you don't like to call it mindset, you like to call it identity. Something that mm-hmm. sets you apart from the rest is that. You, especially yeah. when you are performing at the top of your game. Yeah. What is the difference between, say, you and someone who just missed the cut, essentially? How are you outperforming that? See, they might, on paper, they mm-hmm. might look better than you, but you yeah. work harder. What, what is mm-hmm. that difference? What is that difference? How do you reach that next level? Yes, it's a separation. It's not that moment. It's the uh, the years leading up. Here's a great story. So I, when I went to the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I got cut from the Buccaneers, Redskins. I'm sitting at home, and it comes to week, almost it's week nine of uh, the 2007 season, and I get a call from the Pittsburgh Steelers like, hey, fly out here. But I got it a day late, so I'd already worked out. My body was shot. I get a call at 4 p.m. I'm on a flight at 8 p.m. I land in Pennsylvania at 3 o'clock in the morning, my time, 6 a.m. their time. I got to do a workout a little bit later that morning. So, like, I get there, and they're like, hey, there's two people here. There's a guy named Ternande. He's, in, he's working out. You're working out. One of you is staying. One of you is being sent home. Now, what people don't know is Ternande was my training camp roommate. He was the not training camp with a uh, NFL combine roommate. So we got there, like just, just two people in a room and I, I, he wants my job. I want his job. He didn't talk. Like he was very stoic. Dude was chunky. Like he was much bigger than me, faster than me. He got drafted in the fifth round. I was undrafted. I had to come as a free agent and climb. So when I hear that, I'm like, this guy, why, why of all people, him, like, I'm not going to get this gig, right? It's two people. So I'm half asleep. He's well-rested. We pick him up from the hotel. He's all rested. I'm dead tired, sleeping in the, all the different lobbies and stuff. And then we get to the workout. We get to the facility. They say, get dressed, head out there in 20 minutes. And I just was like, all right, turn it on, man. Like, whatever you got in your belly, bro, better come get lit up right now. So I go to work. I don't remember the workout. It was a blur because I was so tired. I get done. Uh, we go take a shower. I get out of the shower. A guy walks up and says, hey, uh, you got the job. We're signing. Let's head upstairs. They're like, oh, so like he had to go home and I got to stay. And then like I got downstairs. I said, here's your locker. Practice starts in an hour. <laughs> so I had to go to practice. Now you ask why I tell that story. And I'm not saying anything against that guy. Cause from what I know, he's a good dude, right? There's nothing wrong with him. He's a, human, he's a solid athlete. Um, the difference was not my mindset. It was who I am at my core. And there's, there's six actual bases. I could just call the identity driver, six core drivers. It's your beliefs. It's your constant thoughts. It's the actions you take, the big actions of bold ones you take. Then it's your mindset, which is between your, it's where your beliefs and thoughts overlap. So if you believe something and think it to be true, good mindset. You believe something and keep questioning yourself, weak mindset. Then you have between your thoughts and actions, I should do this and I don't do it. I should work out and I don't, my habits suck. If my habits suck in that in between, I can't be consistent, I can't succeed. Then you have between belief and actions. I believe I should do it, my actions hold true. My ego is big in a positive way, the positive ego that protects me with actions. Like the ego that said, Anthony, you want to be a great football player or you are a great football player, you better eat, you better exercise, you better train, show up the workouts and the playbook, that part. If you got all of those, you're good. Now, I'm not saying he didn't have all of those, but that day, whether it was the fact that I believed I should be there in that moment, my thoughts held true and I was like, you got this, go to work. And then my actions on that more, that blue, I just went to work, like somewhere in that merging I was more successful and that wasn't built that day. That was built weeks, weeks, years ahead. It was part of me knowing probably in ways I didn't even consciously think about, but it was knowing like, no, nah, no, nah, you've done too much. Like 
the, here's the big thing I didn't talk about is when I was 15, that, that off season, when I came back the next year, like I, I said, I'm gonna be great. Start doing the work. When I came back the next year, dude, I was a monster. Ethan, I was just, I was a, I was a, a baller, but it wasn't this thing where I was over like overly skilled. What it was, I had done too much work for you to take this from me. Mm. Too many late nights, too many workouts, too many balls. I caught 500 balls a day. I'm catching this ball. They're throwing it to me. You're not going to knock it down. My ball. You're out there in open field. I'm going to tackle you. That's my job. You don't get to run away. Like it's, it was this mentality of like, no, this is mine. You don't get to take this from me. And so over the years, I just had established that just more and more through work ethic, it was going on. And so I think when it came that time when it with the separators between people who are at that higher level and not, it's just, who are you at your core to where when the moment comes for you to, to have to execute, that you don't execute and just say, I did the job, but you get to that disgusting level where people are like, that person's a crazy person. And it's not that you're crazy. It's just that you're not crazy enough to let this opportunity slide because you've already earned it. That's the moments that mattered for me. And that's how I've literally operated my entire life. It's what I teach people to build into because I can't give you words that'll give you that. Nobody listening right now will hear these words and be like, yeah, that's me. You can't. You don't have the ability to have that, but you can earn it. It's done, yeah. it's done in, the, in the minute, like daily minute, dark moments that nobody sees. It's the things where you don't eat that brownie. It's when you do get that workout, when you push a little bit harder on that exercise bike, where you lift more weight that nobody knows about. Nobody will care or know that if you did tell them, but you know. And that compiling and stacking, it's like after a while, when you, get, when you show up to those moments, people, don't, they don't see the, the army of your successes behind you right now. It's, it's an invisible thing in your head. They don't get to see that, the troops. But it's like, no, it's me and you in this room. Like, let's go to work. So I have this mentality now. We're like, I got this seven second rule. If somebody poses a problem to me, like it's a weird thing, but within seven seconds, it, I go from like this damn to like, let's see what we could do. Like it's this, ah, I got this. Like it's almost like a puzzle I'm, I'm excited to solve. I've had some crappy stuff happen, but that's what I want you to get to is that moment where it's like, all right, life's going to throw things at you. Naturally, it's just, it's going to happen. Uh, and in those moments, like what troops do you got back in you? Is my, is my army bigger than yours? And if my army is bigger than yours, I'm going to win. I don't care how it works. I'm going to win. Not because I want to see you lose, because I don't want to see me lose. Sure. And it, it, that does quite closely relate to something I do mention in a lot of these podcast episodes. And the fact that, especially on social media nowadays, with entrepreneurship, you do get these influences that are pretty much glamorizing entrepreneurship. You, they are simply posting a highlight reel of yeah. nice cars, fancy houses, fun holidays on the beaches in the middle of somewhere that most people just simply can't afford but they that's all we see we don't see those as you say that journey that is actually taken to that point we don't see them putting in the reps in the back end we don't see any of that all we see is the highlight reel and it's all it's almost unfair on the audience because it's painting this picture in their head that it is an easy journey and we both know it's not it's hell it's not easy you are there are just there's a crap ton of failures behind this person's mm -hmm. instagram post it's actually allowed them to get to this point but they have pushed through and able to persevere in order to get to that point do you have yeah. you found that a case have you seen have you fallen culprit to that in football when you were younger you sort of like looked up to these older players and thought it was easier than it may have been or I think football is different than the, the world um, of like online. Cause in football, I, I watch these guys practice, you know, you, you get to see how they move and run and operate. And I think there's a this different when it's physical versus like a, a computer or mental or pictures. Like if you get, you know, the only reason that person's strong is because they exercise, but you know yeah. what exercise feels like. Right. So I know what it means. If I want to lift weights, I know what it feels like to, to get under a bar. Even if I can't like be in the weight room with that guy. Like if I just saw a guy bench press 500 pounds, like, I go and do it like I know what it feels like to, to not do that. Whereas the entrepreneurial game, there's no way to really get you to understand the feeling of it because you don't know what they did in the dark. Like you're talking about, it's just maybe they had to learn to code. Maybe they had to learn to have hard conversations with people. Maybe they made some weird ass and sent some crazy emails. Maybe they got shot down for a lot of stuff, but you don't, you don't know what that feels like. So you do see the highlight reel and you think, oh, if I just post this picture of me in front of this fake car, I'm going to get people to follow me. No, no, mm -hmm. bro. <laughs> like there's, there's so much more to it 
that you'll yeah. never see. And that's, I think, the one problem is you see the tip of the iceberg with, with the online world, which is the social. You see the posts, you see the stuff and think, oh, they just, you know, must be. Even doing that consistently is a very interesting chore. Like I have the, the, the task of having to be a consistent posting, like, you know, monster from a standpoint of like, like an influencer would, although I'm not an influencer, I'm a coach. So I got that part of the business and I got a whole other part of the business, which is the programs and clients I work with. Then a whole other part of the business, which is a team I have to manage to make sure they do stuff. So you don't see any of that. You just see me talking to a video in my studio, like, Hey, how you doing? Right. That's what you yeah. see, but you don't see the rest of the stuff going on, but that's my army. Those are the troops that show up. That's why if you do come on and you want to, you want to say something or do something like not even a negative way, but like the challenges that I, I will grab or get in comments or in emails, like I can take them on easily. I'm like, well, here's what you don't see and why your, your statement doesn't make sense. Like, but I'm going to give it to you and teach you the thing. But that's the reality is I can tell you get into the level of understanding what you're not seeing. You won't understand the work. For sure. And that's one of the main reasons I do the podcast as well, just sort of just to uncover the reality behind it all. And the fact that I am digging into the full journeys of these entrepreneurs I'm interviewing and mm -hmm. just showing the struggles that they have been through even to get to the point in which they have today. So yeah. I want to talk about you. You said NFL stands for not for long opposed to national mm -hmm. football. But what happened then? And did you have a plan? Did you know throughout your football career that it wasn't going to last forever? And you knew that after it, you were going to have to try and do something else essentially. Yeah. Well, you know, it is, but you don't think it is. You know what I mean? Like I know it's, I know it's going to end someday, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. And then it happens and you're not, you're not ready for it, which is super weird because you know, it's coming. So no, when I got done, I didn't know what I was doing. I knew I had my degree in kinesiology. So like I could go and train athletes, which I did, right. That's my first, I opened my gym business in 2008. It was the first thing I started doing. And I'm really like, the, you start getting to the point of trying to figure things out because you're thrust into a world you're unprepared for. Here's the thing that most people don't grasp about professional athletes or even military typically is um, we are, we are taught a skill set at the, at the forefront of our lives. We're taught something and really at the, we'll call it the, the structural developmental years. And that's what we know ourselves to be. It's why it's our identity. We've spent time doing that thing. That's all we know ourselves to be, especially for professional athletes. Now what happens is if I didn't make enough money to be able to live forever, right? Which most people don't. Now I have to go into a world that I don't have any skill sets for, and I could be anywhere between, you know, five to eight years behind my peers. Like if I played, I played for three years, you know, almost three years for people that were in college with me, they're like three years ahead of me in the work world. They're already up and running three years in the work world. It's a lot of time. I'm just still doing my thing, playing sports. Nothing's really changed, right? Talk about my, my peers that didn't go to college, got out of high school, went and got jobs and they've been climbing. Some of them are seven to eight years out. You know what I mean? So the thing you're looking at is like, I'm now entering a space that I am poorly prepared for. Unless I can get paid to tackle people on the corner of streets. I'm not, I, I, I got to develop a whole new skill. The reason we struggle is because we come out and we think, well, I have this amazing tree here. Why can't I just take everything from this tree and plant it right here and have the same confidence and same success? Like, no, no, no. So how it works. You can't go across town, drop a seed inside of a you know, little area and say, all right, grow a tree and it just pops out like a cartoon. You have to think that like I have to now go and take what I learned about you know, pruning this tree and watering the tree and nurturing the tree and the seasons had to grow. I can take that across town and get that seed to grow, but it's going to take just as much time really to get that tree to grow. Like that's the thing. Or I, I got to find the right soil to put it in. If I put it in dead soil, it's not going to work. So if I choose the wrong job or choose the wrong outlet of my passion and time, that won't even grow. So what's the right soil and how do I manage that soil? And then boom, go to work and grow. So how did the gym go at first then? So you're coming out of football. You decided that you want to open the yeah. gym. How did it go? It went horrible, man. First nine months, I was almost evicted. Tell us a little background to that. Just go into a little bit more detail. Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't the funnest thing in the world, but you get to the point where I come into this world and I'm assuming like, Hey, um, I'm this guy, big ego. I played the NFL. I got this stuff covered. I'm good to go. And the next thing I know, I'm like sitting here nine months in and I'm out of NFL money because I'd spent it on this gym. I couldn't pay rent for three months. And I get this guy riding up on his Harley. Who's pretty much like, Hey, uh, yeah, you got three, two weeks to pay this bill that, uh, that I can't afford. 
or we're going to evict you and you'll still be liable for the rest of this money. We're talking like, like sick, probably like I was going bankrupt. It was something like, like around $300,000 I want to say it would have been due. So now I'm like, all right, I got to figure this out or I'm going to go under. And that was the first nine months of the business. I didn't know what I was doing. I think the biggest thing is I got into it with these, these big eyes and thought I could figure it out. It shouldn't be that hard, but nope. Like all of a sudden it's crazy. It's difficult. And, uh, and I got slapped in the face with what the real world is. The gym for me was what I call a microcosm of the world though. So I got the beauty and the amazing opportunity to be in situations that forced me to have to figure out how the world works faster than most people do. I wasn't sitting in a cushy job trying to figure something out. I wasn't climbing a ladder. I didn't have the safety net of a job. I now had no money in a business I had to figure out, which means I didn't have to figure out just the business. I had to figure out like marketing and advertising and sales and managing staff and providing a client, you know, service and building systems and then, um, you know, managing money and accounting and taxes. I had to figure it all out. I had a family with three kids and, and in the middle of it, I was going through a divorce and I'm just by myself. Like it's one income. That's no income. You know what I mean? So like at one point, man, I was sitting there in a 500 square foot studio with my kids sleep on an air mattress. Like as a grown man outside of after the NFL with a gym that was 9,000 square feet, 9,000 square foot gym, 500 square foot place I would live. Like this is the world I was living in, dude. And it was, it was just not the greatest. I, I really got to some bad bottoms, but it was this place where I was forged by fire, man. I figured out this stuff by sheer necessity. It's amazing what you can do when your back is literally up against the wall. And when I say back up against the wall, like nothing is behind it pretty much. Um, so did that, being at that low and so in the situation we're in, did that have a negative effect on your mental health at the time? Uh, at that time I got, this is actually, that was happening after I got out of my, my bad mental health time, we'll call it, which is like a good few months after that, man. No, like I think, uh, it, it was one of those things where it wasn't that it negatively affected me is that I was good at deflecting the blame. I blamed it on my ex-wife for ruining the, the relationship. I blamed it on the economy. Cause it was like, Oh, eight, Oh nine. When I opened it was the economy's fault, you know? And so I, yeah. I didn't own any of the stuff to begin with. I, and that was probably the, the hardest part. When we spend more time trying to explain it away and not take ownership, you're just letting it fester. If I, if I can go back in time, what I would have done is around my age of like 25 to 30, I would have taken some massive ownership of some things. That would have been the biggest thing. Cause the, the moment I took ownership was the moment I gave myself permission to improve until you take ownership. You don't, you don't give yourself permission to work on things. You say you are like, oh, I'm trying to get better, but you're not, you're not working on things you should work on. You're working on things that look cool to the world and that help you. Like it's, I'm going to work on my social media. Like, won't you work on who you are? So you have something to say in social media. I'm going to work on growing this business. Won't you work on yourself so that when it comes time, you realize like the problems you run into don't shut the business down because you are the business, right? That's why they say you can't grow a business any more than you've grown yourself you don't have those internal skill sets, you will fall short. There's not an if or and, like it, I guarantee you, if you are not the kind of person that, that can operate in the way that a six or seven figure earner operates, you won't make six or seven figures unless you're really good at the lottery. It's just the nature of it. Like nobody accidentally earns that. Like you, you I mean, maybe if you're like, you know, cash me outside girl to get a bunch of followers, people <laughs> want to pay you stuff. Like that's, so few and far between though, right? But if you want to be like trackable, consistent, know I'm going to succeed, you got to operate at a different level. Like your identity has to be that to a core where you don't think about it, don't question it. It's just who you are to do those things. So it's not like, it's not killing your soul to do it because eventually you're burnt out. But if you can do these things without killing your soul, or you'll kill it in the game of business or any part of life. Yeah. So being someone that throughout your pretty much high school career and your American football career having coaches beside you when you first went into business did you think of getting a coach or did it take that slump that bankruptcy to almost force you into realizing that you uh, it, was, needed- it was right there it's forced i mean i almost did i didn't go bankrupt thankfully but what mm-hmm. happened is i got to that point where i was i was forced like to figure it out and i, I had four thousand dollars in my account uh i had sixteen thousand dollars i owed in two weeks the gym was maybe making I mean, profit of like a thousand, there was no way I was going to make that money. And so I hired a coach, $6,000 coach when I only had $4,000 to spend. It was like, I'm going to get this and then I'm going to pay you the extra two I owe you kind of thing. 
And uh, yeah, man, I dug in and dude broke it down for me. That's why I'm big on coaching. I've always had coaches. Like anytime I've been successful in my life, I've always had somebody coaching me. And that's why I think it's one, it's big as a coach to have a coach. And two, if you have something like that is valuable, you need to coach other people through that process. And coaching is parenting too. Like that's, it's the same thing. It's, it's just, how do I get this person here? And you just, how do I coach them through it? It's really what it is. It's all the same stuff. And so at the end of the day, it's like, that's, that's what I kind of lean into. And that guy, the first one was the one that got me out of that hole. He made me do things that first off, I didn't know I should be doing. When I did know I should be doing them, I didn't want to do them. And then he made me do it. And then I had success. That was it. Like, I didn't know I should be doing it. And then I was like, oh, I got to do that. I don't want to do that. No, you got to do that. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm glad I did that. Oh, it works. And yeah. So if you don't have somebody doing that, you're just going to hope that you read the right book or listen to the right audio and have enough willpower to build up and do it. And that's hard. That's a very scary place to be because we are really good at, at talking ourselves out of things. And what I find fascinating as well is like the professional sports scene is the prime example of where coaches are. They're needed because even though the professional athlete may be the best in the world. So let's start like Cristiano Ronaldo in what you call soccer or we call football, the real football. Um, Mm -hmm. He has coaches. He is the best in the world, but he has a coach. Same as I was in football. Exactly. And it shows that even the top business people, they can still have coaches. They're not necessarily better than them at a given sport because no. no one can be better than this individual, especially in Cristiano Ronaldo's case. Some might argue yeah. other people are better, but he is the best <laughs> in the world at that sport. But yeah. he's still got a coach. The coach isn't necessarily there because he's better than that individual. He's there to hold them no. accountable. There to, He can see things that they can't. He's seen things exactly. Before. And yeah. I think this is the thing with people when it comes to business coaching is they are afraid to spend that money on a coach because they have the wrong attitude and the fact that they could be pumping that money into their business opposed to in their own personal yeah. development. Yeah, man. It's, it's the thing. But that's the thing is when you, when you get to the right level of, of understanding, you'll understand that, that the coach is you pumping money into your business. Like I had a client at the beginning of this whole COVID thing that took place. Like she had, didn't have the mentality of her being the one to lead a charge of teaching people how to bring their therapy clinics online. Like she, I didn't move her past some mental little roadblocks a little bit, give her a nudge, tell her what to do. I don't want to do that. Do it. She did it. Four weeks later, she made like $85,000 out of the blue, all profit off a program that didn't even exist before we said to make it. She made it in three days. I gave her a structure to put it out. She did the work. So it's like that wouldn't that money wouldn't be in her pocket if she didn't have a coach. So by her investing in, in me as a coach, it, it pumped money into the business that she could pump yeah. other places. People think it's like, oh, it's almost like they look at it like a, like a piece of food. I eat it. I consume it. It's done its duty. Like, no, no, no. With a coach, it's literally an investment that returns. You have the right coach that, and you look for the right things, but it's designed for you to say, I'm going to pay this. And if I get the right coach for the right reason, if, say it's even for speaking, if I have the business in place and I'm going to coach a teacher to speak better, it's like I'm putting better fuel into the business, yeah. right? So even if it's a coach for like the, the individual thing, give the foundation in place, you're good. If you need a coach for the business, some people, they, they need to realize that the, the coach that they're trying to hire, it's not to be skilled at marketing. It's like someone kind of just needs to come in and show you like, here are the pieces of business you must have in place to even be able to call yourself a business. Like if you have no process for lead generation, how to be able to turn that person that's interested in your business into an actual client that pays you and then do what you want to do, be able to guide them through or deliver in your service. Like you need a coach to teach you to do that. Like someone that they can shortcut the process or you can keep spending money and, and losing money on these things that like, oh, but if I get this, it's a, a video animation software that's going to do great things. <laughs> Everybody's going to love it. Like, Good luck. I've done that. I used to buy these things. Like I bought this this cool little video thing. And if somebody sees this thing, they're gonna click on it. And then what? You know, like that's the thing. And that so people don't think about it. So I come in, I'm like, hey, stop looking at that stuff. Just build this. It's not sexy, but it'll make you the money you need. So you can then go get the sexy stuff. For sure. So you had the gym, you're back on track now. But now you're an author, you're a speaker, you're coach, you are on American Ninja Warrior for Christ's sake, how did this all escalate from being almost bankrupt to a gym to now being this guy who I look at and go, God, blimey, I want to be like him. 
do some cool stuff. Uh, you know yeah. what? I, I'm a guy that I'm always, like I said before, my mom, that I'm always trying to find what's my, like the next level of my potential. Yeah. And I know right now there's certain levels I can go to, but based on my family situation, I don't, I choose not to push out. Like I have kids that are 15 and twins that are 10. So like I have three children. I'm in a season of dad. I do not want to be in the road. I do not want to have a TV show that has to be moved to LA or something. Like there's certain things I do not want to do. I want to raise my kids and hang out at the park and play hoops in the backyard. But when they leave the house, when I'm 44, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be in some, some shows. Like I'm already lining things up to who I want to have as an agent. What do I got to do? What classes do I got to take for acting? Like there's things I want to build out while still doing this and, and guide people through the process because a coach coaches what they've done. So I can't just always think that I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm going to get good at coaching. That's not, that's not where I can sit. I, I want to keep crossing finish lines so I can teach people how to run that race faster. So I'm mm. just stretching out. I want, to, I want to do live events. I'm going to do bigger live events, do more speaking, bring more people in. There's more I'm going to learn. And so the guy that you see now uh, from what, what the change was and transition was I started learning certain things and I've taken massive, stupid, ridiculous, scary, weird actions to where I went from being a guy like in the stands at events and I'm on those stages. Like this is like Brandon Burchard. I'm sure you got to know who that guy is. Like I ended up just coming randomly to an event. I didn't know they existed and this whole world existed. Like I didn't know there was personal about the world. And I sat in the seats and I just was kind of watching and hanging out. I'm the only person I think has ever been in one of the seats that attended to now I've spoken at like nine of his events on stage. Like I'm, I'm in a private mastermind with him. And it's not to say anything more like I'm not like, oh, I'm special. I'm amazing because I'm really not. Like I just, I just work harder than most. And I do the work and I dig in and I take the actions. I fail forwards. I figure things out. I mess things up. I'm like, what did I learn? Let me try it again. And I do it. And I do it. And the separator for me and most people is like where they may get overwhelmed with the amount of work or the type of work necessary to succeed. And they'll find ways to, and it's, it's a quick thought. It's like, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm not the guy that does that. I'm not the girl that does that. I don't, I don't do videos or I don't do websites. I'm like, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be yeah. the guy that does websites. I'm going to be the guy that does copy. I'm going to be the guy that learns the, this program. I'm going to be the guy that learns to speak on stage. So I become a ridiculous like bucket of skill sets. And what happens is I then put it together and I start creating and building and where most people will get overwhelmed and walk away. I find peace and rhythm in those areas. I find ways to flow to where it's not me just like, like forcing myself to get something done. It's who I am now. Like yeah. it's just, it's a weird nature. And so that comes from, from creating the thing I did when I was in high school that made me the better athlete. The thing I did when I was in you know college, maybe a professional athlete, then it built the gym up. It was realizing that what you create creates you. That's yeah. the core of it. It's like, if I want to have this confidence of whatever level I'm at, I don't care if you're a, a person that wants to get into something or you're successful. It's, it's a matter of what did you create? Because creation is a process. It's not that I just wrote this up and put it out there. Like think about like Da Vinci, what he had to create, you know, people, are, you know, I think the Sistine Chapel upside down for like months, years, paint like that's, he created that when he got off, when he first started, he's probably like, I'm kind of good. When he got done, he's like, I'm amazing. Look yeah. at me. Right. And it's the creation process of the body falling apart, the mind falling apart, wanting to die. It's the troops you're building. To when you get to the point, it all just comes in like, this is who I am now. Like when you have this, like I created that, but I created this confidence in me because I created that. That's how you show up. So to get from there to here, I just started creating and I haven't stopped creating. And it's a process I'm now in rhythm with and fall in love with. So it overwhelms everybody else. It's my typical Tuesday morning. Mm. But I find all this incredibly humbling that the fact that you do all of this stuff, yet at the heart of it all, is your family and the fact Big that time. you always want to spend time with them over any of this yeah is that yeah, because, 100%. is that because you didn't grow up with that in a way two one i didn't grow up with it and then two i lost it like yeah. I, had, I divorced my ex-wife we had a big falling out she had an affair like life fell apart because i neglected her i just was uh, not the best husband man lost the entire family and like man that, that broke me because all i all i wanted was a family in my life and so now it's like I, I grew, she grew. We had a lot of coming together and figured it out. Like now my family's here and like we're a one solid unit. And all these things I do, none of it really matters if I don't have them to celebrate it with. And mm. two, at the end of the day, I want my kids to do some crazy things and they're never going to know how to do it unless they see it done. 
You know, yeah. like I consider and tell you how to do something, but if you watch a YouTube video, it's like, oh, okay, I get it now. So I need my kids to see that. Uh, and that's really the key of it. I want them to, to like, I'm parenting. Doing this right now, I'm, I'm parenting. I'm learning how to talk, how to make sense of it. I pull lessons from when I talk and I go and talk to my kids. They see these things sometimes, they'll pop it up. And like, it's just, so really at the end of the day, the family's the core of it. Because if I have no one to share it with, it's all waste. It's just pointless. That's awesome, man. And I think that's a great way to round off the bulk of the podcast episode. It's not finished yet. I do have a final five questions, but I think that's just a nice, a nice way to round off the bulk. But I do, as I said, have a final five that I ask all my guests. It's just five quick questions. Same every time that I get some really interesting answers to. So question number one, who is the first person that comes to mind when I say the word successful? Oh man, I don't even know. Successful. That's weird. Cause I don't, you know why it's weird? Cause I don't, I don't think I mean, most success. people's version of success is mine mm. at all. Uh, I think most people's version of success puts me in the position where it's like, I don't want the Ferraris and the cars. I would say successful is, um, man, who's a person that's successful that doesn't have money? That's who I would, I would be. I don't know. This is why I ask this question because some people will do the same as what you've done. They won't go with success. They won't just go Jeff Bezos because he's got money. Some people, yeah, will, that's, like the way you're thinking. crazy stories. You know what I would say? It's, I would, um, I almost want to say it's like the old guy sitting on his porch who's just at peace, created some really cool stuff. I don't know what he doesn't have a name. But the old guy who sat sat is just sitting on his porch, hanging out, enjoying like you know years of his life, traveling the world, hanging out because he has his health, and uh, but he's made a great impact with his life. But this, you know, because I think at a certain point, the things you've made, like you're now obsolete. Like I feel like around that 60, 65 level, I don't care who you are, you're pretty obsolete unless you're like you know Warren Buffett or something, um, or Gates. But like um, that's not my desire, right? So my thing is like the guy is just big chilling. He has a family, like they're all hanging out the holidays. Like that's, and then outside of that, he just he's at peace, man. That's success to me. I don't know that. I don't know the guy's name though. I love that though. Cause you're the first person to create a character for that question. So yeah. different. Answer. Yeah. Nice. Um, question number two, what's the best investment you've ever made? So this can be money, time, energy, mm. or simply an Amazon purchase. The best investment I ever took and made was in uh, in a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I know is yeah. over here somewhere, but I, I can't find it. It was the first book that gave me a perspective of like how my brain works a little bit, how I need to operate better. That was one of the first books that started. Awesome. Do you have a quote that you live by or think of often? Yeah, it's one I made. It's uh, there are two types of people in this world those that watch and those that watch them. I'm sorry, those that work and those that watch them at work. I don't mind the audience. I'm going to use, I'm going to make that into the podcast episode art with that quote on it. Um, awesome. What advice would you give to your 21 year old self? I asked this question quite selfishly because I am 21. So whatever the guests say here, I just instantly mm. take it on board. Yeah. It will maybe different for you. <laughs> For me, then, so at 21, I was like looking in, in the NFL. I would have said, have a have a, a quicker, a better plan post NFL. So I would have <laughs> told him, I'd have been like, hey, bro, make sure you got something ready to roll when uh, when this thing ends, because I didn't at first. Awesome. Final question. Um, it's a bit of a morbid way to end the episode. I do apologize, but I get some really interesting questions, uh, answers to this question, and it's, are you afraid of dying? No. Why not? No. One a man of faith, man. I believe I'm going to heaven. Whether or not anybody believes that's real, I believe it to be real. I live my life in a way where uh, they say, what you do in the dark will come to the light. I don't do stuff in the dark. And I'm, I'm really oddly at peace with that. Like, I don't have any weird things I do. Like, anyway, so that's one part of it. Um, two, I think for me, like, I, I have lived my life consistently in a way to serve. So I, I'm always putting what I can out. Like I'm reaching some far tears. Like, and it's not for the world, right? Some of it's just for my family, but I love my wife. I love my kids. I love everybody. And if I was to go, and I've thought of this, to be honest, like I think it's every time I get a flight, I find it the best time to think about it. But I think about it, if I get in this flight and I don't make it home, like, will they, will they, after they're being sad, like after that morning period goes, will they have pride and say, I'm going to do this because my dad would want me to. Like, mm. have I instilled that kind of, um, you know, emotional confidence within them from watching me and me loving on them? And so, no, I'm not, I'm not afraid to die, man. I don't think it's the end. I don't think that's the end. I think that's kind of the thing where most people are like, it's over. 
there's more to this craziness than this. Like there's, I'm not going to go on a spiritual tangent. <laughs> there's just, there's just too, there's too many ways in my life I've experienced God from not to be real. And if we believe in ghosts and you believe in spirits, if we live in a spirit, it's a spiritual world. If it's a spiritual world. It's a good place there. Awesome. What a way to end the episode. And thank you so much for answering all my questions. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. I'd like to pass it over to you mm-hmm. now, just to let the, let the audience know what you're doing, what you're up to, where they can find you. If they've got any questions, plug away. Yeah, man. Um, so if anybody's sitting here saying, man, this sounds good. And I've ever thought about being a coach. Um, I am a coach, uh, or in some capacity, like you, you want your coach to be better, send them my way. You can find me at anthonytrucks.com or at Anthony trucks on Instagram. Uh, the sole focus for me is not strategy and tactics. It's a part of what I have going on. But the real thing for me is how do I get to, to help you have permanent personal transformation for like you become the human that just operates where one day you look up and you look back at your life and go, Holy crap, that's mine. That's what I want for people. Awesome. And I will leave those in the show notes below. So listeners don't worry about remembering those at the end of the episode, just scroll down and the links will be there. But Anthony, that's all I've got for you today. And I cannot thank you enough for joining me. So, and the, and the listeners, thank you for listening. So everyone that's been this episode of CEO Journeys. So that's going to wrap up today's episode of the podcast. And I can't thank you all enough for listening. I aim to interview some of the most incredible entrepreneurs every single week. So if you found any value in listening to today's episode, I'd seriously appreciate if you could smash that subscribe button and leave a five star rating and review. It only takes a couple of seconds and will help me secure some of the greatest names in business as guests on the show. If you want to reach out to me, head over to my Instagram at CEO Journals or send me a connection request on LinkedIn. I'd love to speak to as many of you as possible. Be sure to tune in next week where I'll be talking to another incredible guest where we will be discussing their journey and providing some great tips for all you listeners. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. And once again, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of CEO Journals.